Hello and how are you? This is Alice coming to you from Total Health Academy where we talk about all things Total Health and where we do a deep dive, somewhat of a deep dive to the root cause of the problem. Um, today we're going to talk about cancer, cancer in general. So we're not going to talk about any specific type of cancer because there are many different types. We're going to just talk about cancer in general. So cancer is caused by changes in the DNA. So you might be asking, what is the DNA? So the DNA contains coded information that kind of tells the cell what to do and how to do it. Because uh, the DNA is what we use to build parts of the body, to make proteins to build parts of the body. So, you know, with cancer, we're building cells, uh, cells that kind of don't behave the same way that our normal cells do. So, yes, there is some changes to the DNA, and the DNA is... Um, it is, there is something that is called genetic material or the gene. The gene is what we inherit from our parents. And so the gene is a segment of the DNA. And the DNA contains the coded information and it kind of instructs the cells what to do and how to do it. So changes in the DNA are called mutation. And I know that's a big word, but it just means changes. Cancer is a disease that is caused by uncontrolled division of cells. These cells are abnormal and they behave very, very differently from the way our normal cells behave. Cancer cells kind of grow out of control and uh, they keep on dividing and dividing and they don't die so they just grow and grow and grow and they form tumors it's called uncontrolled cell growth and that's coming from the instruction it's getting from our dna so cancer also has ability to infiltrate or invade other body organs other body cells and kind of destroy normal body tissue. And this is where cancer becomes really dangerous because it just don't behave or function the way our normal cells function. And it kind of grows out of control, uh, invading other cells and making them not work properly. So cancer often can also spread to other parts of the body. If it's not calling time, it can spread to other parts of the body. And like I said before, cancer is the number two killer of human beings in the world. But um, the survival rates, once people are diagnosed with cancer, they are surviving. The survival rates have uh, improved uh, because of um, screening, treatments, and prevention. So for me, I'm kind of interested in prevention more than treatment. Prevention is um, my desire for every disease, you know, because prevention is always better than cure. Prevention is cheaper. It is much more fun than, ha than having to go through treatment or screening. And by the way, some, most people call uh, cancer screening, cancer prevention. Uh, cancer screening is just that it does not prevent cancer what it does it catches cancer early you know in the early stages because most people have more options if you catch cancer before it spreads to other organs it will be much easier to treat so that's what it does but it does not prevent cancer so some of the screenings we do are like mammogram for breast cancer, colonoscopy, for colorectal, for colon and rectal cancer. We do um, prostate 
specific antigen, which is a blood test. We check for that, and if that antigen is elevated, then we start screening for prostate cancer, or we do imaging of prostate cancer. Once we do that blood test, and it shows like uh, PSA, which is the prostate-specific antigen, uh, if it shows that it's elevated, then we focus on the prostate. But it can be elevated for many other things, like... um benign prostate hypertrophy where the prostate just becomes large but it doesn't have cancer it just is big it causes other symptoms but the psa can be elevated because of that or if somebody has an infection like inflammation of the prostate it can be elevated because of something like that so is the cancer 125 that's a, a blood test that we do on um especially women uh because there's really no uh cancer tests for um gynecological types of cancer like ovarian cancer but you will find that CA125 can be elevated when somebody has ovarian cysts endometriosis uh, um, fibroid tumors, and I'm not specifically sure that fibroids will cause the CA125 to be elevated, but you just never know with these things. Because fibroids, they never become cancerous, but they are tumors. Tumors are just, if um, you excuse my language, tumors are the retarded sisters of cancer. The tumors will grow, but they don't invade other cells. But they, get, they can be big, and they can cause problems like that. They can also push um, other organs out of um, space, and they can also push on other organs causing pain, and they can push other organs causing them to not function properly. So they do have their own problems but they don't spread and invade other tissues like cancer does. That's why I call them the retarded sisters or brothers of cancer because they, they come from the same um, cells not dying and cells not behaving properly and just cells growing out of control. So some of the signs and symptoms we see with cancer and uh, if you have any of these, it's best to go to the doctor and have them check it. Um, some people, you would think that cancer would cause pain, but for some people, they never have any pain. Most of the time, they have like fake symptoms. And they will go to the doctor with some fake symptoms. And until, so the doctor will probably try and treat other things like somebody who has gastric cancer may go to the doctor complaining of indigestion, you know, and they might be given anti-acid uh, medication. And then if that doesn't work, they come back to the doctor maybe after a couple months and say that, you know, I'm still having the problem. And then maybe that will clue the doctor in to checking a little bit further to see what's causing the problem. So some of the same signs and symptoms are kind of vague and most be, is, some people don't have pain, you know. Um, not everybody has pain with um, cancer. And that's why it's a little bit difficult to catch it early because early on it does not cause any pain. But it is always good if you have any of the um, symptoms I'm going to talk about, it's best to go to the doctor and have it checked out. It's best for the doctor to tell you, um, you know, I checked you out and you're healthy. Or I checked you out and I think this is the problem. And, but if you get medication, just like I said, say you're having indigestion, you get antiacid, and it doesn't help in three to four weeks, I would go back to the doctor and say, could you please check me for this and that now that you know the symptoms? So let's talk about them. Uh, one of the 
first uh, symptom that most compl- people complain about is fatigue, just feeling tired. And that's why I was saying it's vague, so, because many other diseases also present or they show themselves off with fatigue, you know, something like depression will cause fatigue. Something like a low-functioning thyroid will cause fatigue and other, of course, other diseases. So cancer is also the same way. It will cause fatigue. Sometimes somebody may feel like a rump on underneath, a thickening underneath the skin, say a rump in the breast or another area of the body. Uh, Sometimes people will have weight changes. This is an intentional weight loss. Somebody is not trying to lose weight, but they are losing weight. Because cancer loves to eat. And it competes with um, other body cells for food. So it eats a lot. And that's where the weight loss comes in. So somebody is eating healthy, they are eating well, but they are losing weight. Uh, Skin changes. And the skin changes can fairly, depending on what type of cancer uh, somebody is experiencing. Yellowing of the skin. This usually happens with uh, liver, liver cancer and other liver diseases because the bile is accumulating in the blood system. So yellowing of the skin, um, darkening of the skin, just changes. If you see um these kind of changes best to have them checked out redness of the skin um i know um inflammatory breast disease causes redness of the skin but and uh, some other types of um skin cancer can cause redness of the skin so get it checked out uh sores that won't heal um changes to existing moles you know, say you have had a mole for an extended period of time and then you start seeing it changing, you know. Uh, it's changing color, it's changing shape, gaily checked out. Changes in bowel habits. It could be either loose bowels or it could be constipation. For most part, most people, especially if they have digestive types of cancer, they will have constipation. Changes in bladder habits, uh, frequently going to the bathroom frequently, uh, sometimes having uh, frequent urinary tract infections. Um, there is some, um, some people think that they are having urinary tract infections or maybe the infection is going to the kidneys and it could be cancer. So... If if the issue persists, say you go to the doctor, they give you antibiotic and you feel better for a couple of days and then you stop taking the antibiotic and the problem comes back, well, it's time to investigate this further because you should not be having frequent uh, bladder changes. Uh, persistent cough, that is consistent with lung cancer, uh, persistent trouble breathing, can be caused by lung cancer. Difficult swallowing. Uh, when people are having difficulty swallowing, this could actually be either stomach cancer, esophageal cancer, or throat cancer. Uh, hoarseness of the voice. You know, the voice is hoarse. Uh, throat cancer. Uh, persistent indigestion. There you go again. Persistent indigestion. The uh, be on the lookout for stomach cancer. So don't just take antibi- uh, anti-acids for an extended period of time and don't um, ignore the symptoms. Don't think it's just indigestion. It could be stomach cancer. Um, difficulty um, or some discomfort after eating. If you're having discomfort after eating, get it checked out. Persistent unexplained fever. And that goes for persistent unexplained night sweats. And I know most women after menopause, they get night sweats and they kind of think they're just having heart flashes. Um, if they're persistent 
over many years, I would say, maybe not even over many years, just get it checked. <laughs> you know, just get it checked. Unexplained bleeding. This could be either rectal bleed, which can be a sign of colorectal cancer. It could be blood in the urine, which could be um, kidney or urinary tract can type of cancer, prostate cancer, you know, those kind of things. Easy bruising. If you're having easy bruising, get get checked for cancer. Uh, risk factors for cancer. This is where some of the things we do can increase our chances of getting cancer. Now, some people may not experience this, but they will still say, for instance, somebody who smokes, they could be they have an increased risk of getting lung cancer. But lung cancer, we've also seen people who've never smoked, people who don't even hang around smokers, and they still get lung, lung cancer. But that's caused by something else. So, but anyway, smoking, drinking too much can put you at risk for stomach cancer. Uh, exposure, too much exposure to the sun can cause skin cancer. Being obese, being overweight or obese can increase your risk of having cancers. As a matter of fact, there are 11 different types of cancers that are um, linked to obesity. So, but obesity is a sign of inflammation. So, if you're overweight, you're, you know, just make sure you're following up with your doctor for physicals and stuff like that to get checked out. Having unsafe sex, yeah, that can also increase um, risk of genital cancer, uh, vaginal, cervical, penile cancer, you know, those type of cancers. Uh, and that's caused by um, a virus, HPV, human papilloma virus, is um, the one that is linked to those types of cancers. Um, another thing is family history. If you come from a family that has a history of cancer, say um, your grandfather maybe had cancer, uh, your dad had cancer, so that is a risk factor uh, to get it checked. Because if you have a family history uh, where parents or grandparents had cancer, siblings have cancer, that puts you at uh, an increased risk of having cancer. So you may want to start your screening a little earlier than the recommended age. Uh, other health conditions like ulcerative colitis can uh, put you at risk for uh, colon cancer. And ulcerative colitis is inflammation of the digestive system, the colon, uh, the small intestine, you know, those type of things. Um, ulcerative colitis actually affects the colon. It's not like Crohn's disease. Even though Crohn's disease affects the digestive tract also, it's also an inflammatory um, disease. And anytime you see inflammation, it means that something is not right. Something is not working like it should. Um, environmental chemicals. Uh, if you work with um, harmful chemicals, the, some painting and some other chemicals that we use um, can increase our chances of, um, of cancer. So if you work with chemicals, just um, follow your company gu guidelines because some, sometimes they will tell you to wear like equipment, maybe um, protective face masks, uh, stuff like that you know, to prevent your exposure to these chemicals. Uh, prevention of cancer. Now, if uh, maybe somebody is smoking, uh, we tell them to stop smoking, to avoid excessive um, exposure to the sun, to eat healthy. And, and I'm going to touch on eating healthy for just a minute. Cancer it's actually, there's nothing wrong with eating healthy. We should all eat, be eating healthy, but cancer is not a nutritional problem. This is not um, a diet issue. 
is a genetic mutation changes. But there is also something else that is wrong when you find um, somebody coming down with cancer. And so it's not a nutritional problem. It's a genetic mutation problem, but it's also an immune system problem. But we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes. Anyway, uh, we are still discussing cancer prevention. Sometimes we may be told to exercise, and exercising is good. Uh, it's going to keep you healthy. It's going to lower um, anxiety, so to speak. Um, but it will not prevent cancer because cancer is not an exercise issue. It's not a dietary issue and it's not an exercise issue, even though there's nothing wrong with exercising. Um, the, we're still talking about prevention. So maintaining a healthy weight is a good thing. This is where nutrition and exercise actually comes in. But if you find somebody who is obese, sometimes they exercise and they eat healthy, but they are still obese. Because obesity is a disease of inflammation. There is something that is causing it, and it's not food. Sometimes it could be a medication that somebody is taking. Say you're taking a medication for something else, and it might cause you to gain weight. But anyway... Um, at some point in time, I'll come back and do obesity in more detail, but that will require like a whole hour just talking about obesity. But obesity is an inflammatory disease. So anyway, maintaining a healthy weight, which can be difficult, can actually help when it comes to cancer. Uh, drinking in moderation um, if you see somebody who is always drinking, drinking too much, you're looking at a symptom of something much deeper. So that's an addiction problem. And same goes for smoking. So those are addiction uh, problems. And they are just smoking and drinking are just symptoms of something much, much deeper. Um, so anyway, for prevention... Uh, also schedule uh, your cancer screening exams according to your doctor's recommendation. Most doctors will recommend that you uh, schedule your mammogram, you know, they remind you when it's due. Uh, they remind you, they keep up with your pap smears and your PSA, you know, stuff like that. But So don't stay too far away from the doctor. Make sure you're going for screening when they are due. Um, we're still talking about prevention. If you have a disease like hepatitis C, which is caused by um, a virus, that puts people at risk of having liver cancer. Uh, if you have another virus, which is human papillomavirus, uh, HPV, that puts people at risk for cervical cancer. And we can actually screen for those too. So during screening, uh, being screened for hepatitis C is really highly, it's highly recommended. Not every doctor would do it, but it is highly recommended. But for the human papillomavirus, that one they do. When they do pap smears, they can do that. So discuss those things with your doctor and see what you can do uh, or what you need to be screened for at what age because some of them are done according to the age but if you have a family history they can start screening a little earlier than the recommended age so talk to the doctor about that uh, cancer diagnosis how do we do um, diagnosis of cancer we do a physical exam we do laboratory testing we do imaging testing and the most definitive way to um, diagnose cancer is through pap, um, biopsy. It's not pap smear. <laughs> it is biopsy. That is the most definitive way of saying, yes, somebody has cancer. So with the biopsy, 
uh, it's done in many ways. Once they get the um, sample, then they take it to the lab and they also do staging. Once the diagnosis is made, they have to stage it. And staging just um, tells the doctor uh, how bad the cancer is. Uh, it's done from zero to four, and um, some doctors follow a different type of uh, staging, and they can explain that to you. So zero is no cancer. One is mild, maybe um, stage one cancer. It hasn't infiltrated other cells. And stage four, it has spread to other organs. So how do we treat cancer? Well, the treatment for cancer, there are many, many types of treatments. Um, surgery is one of them. Surgery removes the, the cancer, but sometimes you'll find the uh, treatments can be combined. So you can have surgery and have radiation where they use high energy to kill the cancer cells. So they might do surgery uh, to remove some of the cancers and then do radiation to kill any type of cancer that could have been left. Uh, sometimes they will do chemotherapy. This is where they use chemicals to cure uh, cancer, cancer cells. So some people will have surgery, they might have chemo, and they might have radiation, all three of them. Uh, newer types of treatments, there are many, and they are being developed every single day. Uh, bone marrow transplants, this is where they try to activate the immune system to do what it's supposed to do. Uh, so they might also do immunotherapy, which is also called biological therapy. This is what your body is naturally supposed to be doing because your immune system is supposed to actually uh, kill cancer. If it sees um, cancer cells growing, it's supposed to come, kill, and destroy the cancer cell. But when you find cancer cells growing, it just means that the immune system is not able to see it Maybe it cannot see it, or maybe the cancer is hiding from the immune system, or the immune system is too weak. It's not able to kill cancer. So something is going on there. So, you know, during treatments, sometimes they try to mimic those um, natural remedies. So that's what immunotherapy or biologic therapy is all about. Um, it, it's trying to do what the body is supposed to do. So they might also do hormonal therapy, say for breast cancer, if uh, the tumor is sensitive to estrogen, uh, they might also try to do um, hormonal therapy for prostate cancer. So in therapy, uh, biological therapy, they kind of boost your immune system so it can fight the cancer. When it comes to hormones, they try to do it two ways, um, either to stop your body from making the hormone that is causing the tumor to grow, say um, stopping the body from making estrogen or blocking the estrogen or blocking testosterone. So that's how they do that. Uh, there's also gene therapy, but gene therapy is not commonly used. I think they are still doing trials on that. They also um, sometimes recommend vaccines, like before, uh, after you get to a certain age uh, to prevent HPV. Um, I don't know. Some people, some people will get it and some people will not. Um, monoclonal antibodies have also been used. I don't know how effective these are, but um, they're still, if they're using monoclonal antibodies, they're still trying to mimic what the immune system is supposed to do. They might do immune checkpoint inhibitors. This, this kind of makes your immune system more sensitive to spot and kill cancer. So there are many types, many different types of treatment. When it comes to chemotherapy, they have over a hundred different types of uh, drugs that they can use. When it comes to radiation, they have two kinds of radiation, external radiation and internal radiation.
radiation. When it comes to surgery, they have minimum, minimum or minimal invasive surgeries or they have open surgeries. Other types of surgeries, they might use cryosurgery where they use cold nitrogen or organ gas to freeze the cancer cells. I know uh, female reproductive, like cervical cancer, they do that, cryosurgery. Or skin, some types of skin cancer, they use cold nitrogen to freeze the cancer cells. Uh, stem cell transplant, I'm not very familiar with that. Some people say that it doesn't work very well, but that is something you can discuss with the doctor. There is also precision medicine. This, this one is also newer, but you know, newer treatments, they don't mean that they are better. I know they are more expensive, but they don't always work for everybody. So uh, with precision medicine, we also have targeted therapies. And I love targeted therapy because there is a way you can use um, this type of uh, therapy naturally. It kind of targets um, the weaknesses of cancer cells. And through those weaknesses, they are able to develop treatments that can actually cure cancer on the spot. And one of the ones I know that you can do naturally is I mentioned that cancer loves to eat. It loves to eat food and it cannot survive without food. So that's one of the weaknesses that cancer has. So if you did fasting, and uh, I'm going to caution you, if you've never fasted before, always check with your doctor. If you are the treatment for anything, always check with your doctor before you fast because sometimes it may not be safe. But if you want to prevent cancer, uh, fasting every now and then is a good thing. Intermittent fasting is a good thing because cancer cannot grow and it will die if you don't eat. If you don't feed it, it's going to die a natural death. So that that's one of the things I love about targeted uh, therapies. Of course, that is the natural way. Not everybody fasts. Some people don't even like it, but it's actually a healthy way to keep your body working properly. Our normal body cells can withstand fasting. Cancer cells cannot. So that's the difference between the, the two, you know, normal body cells and cancer cells. Um, about the immune system, we are still talking about natural, killer, uh, natural ways to prevent cancer. Um, the immune system is the one system that can actually overcome cancer naturally. But let me, I'll, I'll save that for last. How about that? I'll save that for last. Let me talk about food for a minute because some people believe in foods. Uh, they believe in uh, anti-inflammatory foods like ginger, garlic, turmeric, cloves, rosemary, you know, the spice rosemary that smells so good, cinnamon. Those are all spices. Some of them are anti-inflammatory. I know for cloves, it stops uh, free radicals from forming. Uh, free radicals can cause inflammation and they can also cause um, cancer to grow. But you know, these are just foods. And I said there a while back that this is not a nutritional problem, but it doesn't hurt to eat well. And if you can add these anti-inflammatory food products like ginger, garlic, turmeric, um, spices, it won't hurt you. And it might actually decrease inflammation. But at the same time, um, if cancer is growing, there is a genetic mutation. You know, we talked about that. The DNA changes and that is not caused by food.
So that's one thing. The other part is where your immune system fails to recognize a cancer cell and destroy. That is not caused by food. It's not caused by um, not eating good food, even though eating good food is, is good. I mean, it's going to help your body. But, you know, human beings do not survive on food alone. So there are other things that causes our bodies to not function properly uh, that are not related to food or exercise. But anyway, let's talk about some good foods that people can eat. And the list is endless. Uh, Nuts, seeds, beets, avocado, red pepper, black pepper, sweet potato, dark leafy, green vegetables, pineapples, apples, yogurt, other fermented foods, uh, watermelon, blueberries, quinoa, dark chocolate, even dark chocolate is anti-inflammatory. Of course, don't eat too much, maybe two pieces a day or maybe even one piece, but it's it's anti-inflammatory and that has to be dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is not always sweet. If you buy like 70% chocolate it's it's good for you um however like i say eating healthy food alone is not enough and i've actually written a little book that is so simple you can read it a first grader can read it about how to eat if you just eat like your grandma did most grandmas they didn't eat fast foods They didn't eat processed foods. You know, they ate whole foods. So if you just eat like your grandma did, you will be fine. And you don't have to go out of your way trying to eat healthy to beat cancer. Um, Cancer is not a nutritional issue because human beings do not live on food alone. We do not survive on food alone. You know why? Because we, we have a dual nature. We have a physical nature and we also have another nature that is not physical. And that nature is hidden and it doesn't require food. But if we don't treat the second nature or the other nature the way it's supposed to be, um, it can make our body sick, you know. And the thing of it is, it is hidden. So you don't see it and it does not require food. It doesn't require exercise either. So, and I'm not going to talk about any more about that nature. But I'll tell you where to get information about that nature. Complications of cancer. Let's talk about some complications of cancer and also some complications of cancer treatments. Because like I said before, that cancer... It don't have to be painful. Some cancers are painful, but not all of them. But the treatments, the treatments can be painful, especially if you have to go through surgery, uh, you have to have radiation. It can hurt at the surgical site, and it can hurt where they are doing radiation. Uh, Fatigue is another one. Fatigue is caused by uh, chemotherapy and radiation therapy. Uh, difficulty breathing because maybe side effects of the treatment or maybe just cancer spreading to other parts of the body. Nausea, nausea, vomiting, um, those are some some of the side effects of uh, chemotherapy. Diarrhea can be a side effect of medication. Constipation can be a side effect of medication. Weight loss because once people start treatment, they lose appetite. So it can cause weight loss, Uh, chemical changes in the body, uh, chemical imbalances can occur, excessive thirst, uh, frequent urination, constipation, confusion because of the treatment. Yeah, especially chemotherapy because chemotherapy kind of affects um, all cells that multiply very quickly and we find that sometimes the digestive system cells they multiply very quickly so they are affected and that's why you find people losing appetite uh they don't want to eat because the the digestive system cannot handle solid foods 
So, some other complications of cancer could be uh, the brain, brain fog, uh, nervous system problems. Uh, some cancers can place on the nerves and cause pain. And sometimes the side effects of medication can cause pain, uh, loss of function where people are having numbness and um, sometimes tingling. So um, nerves can be damaged during treatment. Of course, once the treatment stops, some people feel better and they are able to function a little bit better. Um, some of these treatments also cause difficulty walking. Some of them can cause um, seizures, um, loss of function, difficult walking, seizures. Those are called paraneoplastic syndromes. Um, the immune system is very unusual. It's supposed to attack cancer cells, but when cancer is um, growing in the body, the immune system is not working properly. Sometimes they can't see it, or sometimes the cancer itself is hiding from the immune system. And there are reasons why it's able to do that, and that we can talk about that on a deep dive. Now, when cancer spreads to other parts of the body, or when cancer is treated and is gone, someone is on in remission and then it comes back. So those are problems. They are complications that can um, happen with cancer. The reason why it comes back is because we we did the treatment and. Um, we kind of treated the surface symptoms of cancer, but we, don't, we did not get to the root cause of it. That is one reason why cancer can come back. When you don't deal with the root, when you just uh, trim the branches, uh, cut the leaves, and leave the trunk, there is a possibility that from the trunk, the tree can grow back up. So those are some of the things. So let's quickly look at the root cause of cancer. Like I said, cancer is caused by cell mutation. Mutation, in other words, is uh, changes, changes in the DNA. And the DNA is the package, is packaged in genetic material. And the genes is the biological part that we inherit from our parents. So somebody can be born with 40 genes, you know, genes that will change maybe after birth, or sometimes they can change before you are born. And this is where you find uh, children being born with cancer or developing cancer soon after they are born. Uh, other people develop, develop cancer as they grow older, you know, the changes, the mutation, it develops as they get older. So anybody can get cancer um, at any point in the lifespan that is any age. And they can also get cancer anywhere, any, anywhere in the body. They can have cancer because the cells in the body uh, can grow. They can start dividing and growing and uh, causing um, mutation and causing genetic errors, those kind of things, you know, those changes. They will cause the cancer to grow uncontrollably, uh, infiltrating other cells and forming tumors. So DNA is the, the basic thing. That is the one that we need to look at. So if there's genetic mutation changes, it is very possible that you could have inherited this from your parents. And most people, when they hear that, they just lose hope. But let me give you hope to tell you that there is something that's called genetic repair uh, mechanism that your body is able to do. Um, those mistakes the body can repair them, but there's a process and most people are not familiar with it. And that's where I actually say this is not a, a food, it's not a nutritional issue, it is something else. But before I tell you what it is, because I'm not going to tell you on this podcast, I have to make sure that you understand um, 
you understand about the second nature. You know, I say we have a physical nature and we have another nature that you cannot see. I have to make sure that you understand that clearly. So when I tell you what it is, you can benefit from that information and then go do what you're supposed to do. So at least the good thing is this you can do naturally because the body has ability to heal itself. So genetic mutation changes which are inborn are inherited. Uh, genetic mutations that occur after birth, could, could, you could have that because of something that you're doing or still something that you inherited. So it's, it, it goes both ways. Something that you're doing or something that you have inherited. So if it's an inheritance, you know this is not a nutritional issue. It is something else. And that's what we're going to talk about when we do talk. But now, I have to briefly talk about the immune system. The immune system is very complex. Um, and when you see uh, cancer cells growing, it means that the immune system is not working properly because it's not able to see those cancer cells and destroy them. Um, the immune system is, is um, besides, let me tell you, the human brain is very complex. Most people don't know how it works. For me, I do know how it works because I got, I got affected one time and I kind of understood. I understood from that experience how the brain works. So now I understand. Now I'm trying to learn how the immune system works. And I'll tell you, besides the human brain, the immune system is very complex. But we can start looking at it. There, there are five cardinal signs of inflammation. Inflammation is how the immune system works to repair that which is wrong in the body. So sometimes you might see redness, swelling, heat or fever. Remember we talked about the heart flashes of fever, persistent fevers and persistent heart flashes and swelling, of course, uh, when you have a tumor. And we also talked about skin changes. Some people have redness. Some people have darkening of the skin, but mostly redness. Um, some people have pain. So, so those are the four cardinal signs of inflammation. The fifth cardinal sign of inflammation is loss of function. And when it comes to cancer, we are having two problems here. We are having the mutation of the genetic uh, material where cells are just growing rapidly and they are not, um, cells are programmed to, to die every 12 to 16 weeks. This is called autophagy. That's how the body renews itself. So every three to four months, cells are recycled. With cancer cells, they don't go through this recycle. They just keep on growing and growing and growing. They don't die. But the other cells kind of die and new ones are created. So they go through that. It's called autophagy and it is a way that the body uh, renews itself. It's like a self-recycling that's going on, you know? It's kind of cool once you study that. So with uh, cancer, there is the genetic mutation, which is telling the cell to just keep on growing. Um, there is also something else that's going on. The tumor suppressor genes are not working. That is part of the immune system. There is something that's called tumor suppressor gene that is supposed to be surveying the body and looking for any cells that could be misbehaving and destroying it. So it's not working in this case. Um, there is also gene repair, you know, gene repair cells that repair the ones that have been changed. If um, a cell has been genetically changed, which we call mutation, uh, it can be destroyed and recycled. And that's done by gene repair cells. Um, so 
There are many, many things that are not working when, when we have cancer. Um, and this is the, the thing that we're going to focus on when you call me, because I need to hear your part of the story. I need to know um, what other diseases you have, other diseases that you're dealing with, because that will help me get to the root cause of your problem. I also need to do a family history of you. Yes, to know what other diseases are affecting your family members, uh, your grandparents, your parents, your siblings, or maybe even your children. That also helps me uh, figure out what the root cause is. Because once you get to the root, you can actually fix um, these genetic mutations. You can fix them. You can awaken the immune system so it's able to... Uh, recognize and destroy cancer. So there are many things that are going on. There are many things that we uh, we have talked about. And uh, we even talked about the natural way that you can cure cancer, which is fasting. But before you fast, please check with your doctor. Don't just fast because I said fast. Um, it can be dangerous if you're not used to it. Um, and then when you call me, we're going to talk about how you can improve your immune system so it's able to recognize and deal with cancer the way it was supposed to, to do or the way it is designed to do. So the immune system, very, very complex, but it is the system that keeps us alive. So it's a mysterious system, but it's, it's very, very um, important and we it's it's not awakened um it's not fixed by nutrition uh that's not the way to fix it also the the gene mutation that's not fixed by nutrition and those are the two things i'm going to leave you with and hopefully you will get in touch with me so we can discuss about your disease um your experience with cancer, and also family history, um, also other things that you that have affected you health-wise, and then we'll be able to get to the root cause of the problem. Once we get to the root cause of the problem, we will be able to fix it together. But you're going to be doing most of the work because your body has ability to heal itself. And I'm going to stop there, and I pray that I have said something that is of is encouraging, something that can be of help. And I pray that you will be blessed and you know that cancer, having cancer is not a death sentence. You can heal from it. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can inbox me on Facebook. I check my Facebook every single day. So inbox me uh, and then introduce yourself and I'll be able, we'll be able to get in touch that way. So God bless you. And I pray that I have said something that can help you. Thank you and God bless.